Good morning, everyone, once again. We'd like to welcome Reverend Archbishop Robert Carlson, Emeritus, to St. Norbert and to this conference. He is the eldest of five children born in Minneapolis. He went to Christian Brothers High School where he played football and then to Nazareth Hall Prep Seminary. He attended St. Paul Seminary and earned a BA in philosophy in 1966. He received a degree of canon law from Catholic University in 1979. He was appointed Bishop of Saginaw, Michigan, Bishop of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Archbishop of St. Paul, Minneapolis, and in 2009 he became our ninth Archbishop of St. Louis when Archbishop Raymond Burke was appointed the Prefect of the Apostolic Signature. He retired in June of 2019. We are honored to have him with us today and he will speak to us about Our Lady of Loretto. Let's welcome Archbishop Robert Carlson. Thank you, Deacon, very much. I appreciate the introduction. I'm gonna correct a few things, though, if that's okay. Um, as you can tell by, by the introduction, I, I worked as a bishop in four different dioceses. And the truth is, just from the very beginning, I had a really hard time holding a job. <laughs> Every time I turned around, the Pope was moving me someplace. But I was not Archbishop in, in uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis. I was the auxiliary there for 10 years. Then 11 years in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, five years in Saginaw. And I came here in 2009 and re retired in, um, on August 25th, 2025, uh, 20, 2020, during COVID. Um, but uh, what I'm really kind of happy about, through God's good grace, on uh, November 22nd, I have served 39 years as a bishop since last November, which means I was a bishop more than half my life. And uh, I'd ask the Pope why I was a bishop so long, he, he'd probably just say, we're trying to see if we ever can get it right. <laughs> so, well today it's my honor to uh, talk about a wonderful feast, which we celebrate today, Our Lady of Loretto. Um, but if you stop and think about it, and I mentioned this to the Missionaries of Charity the other day when I had Mass on the 8th, the five days from December 8th to December 12th, we celebrate three Marian feasts. A wonderful opportunity to get an extra rosary in on three different occasions in this short period of time. Actually, I, I'd have to say that in celebrating those two feasts, there is some um, difference in rank. Um, the most famous, of course, is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And that's also the patronal feast of our nation. So the celebration on the 8th was a very, very special holy day. And the other important feast is at the end of these three, and that's Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I've been privileged in my life to be able to make five um, uh, trips down to Mexico to the shrine, bringing people with me so that we could uh, celebrate that great feast day. But on one of the occasions, the Cardinal, I'm not sure why he did this, but uh, he um, gave me a bouquet of roses. Well, I didn't know what to do with them. I don't speak Spanish, at least not then. And so I walked outside and I discovered that 
I became the rose distributor to every uh, person, none of whom spoke English, who could get to me. And I'd hand out the roses, and my hand got kissed so much doing that, that actually I got ch a little chapped. I had to go get some a chapstick or something to put on it. But um, it, was, it was really fun giving these um, red roses away to people who so appreciated it. But the truth is that we celebrate today a great feast, uh, Our Lady of Loretto. And while it's a lesser feast than the other two, in my research I discovered that all of the popes during my lifetime, from Pius XII up until uh, Pope Francis today, all had a devotion uh, to Our Lady of Loretto. And that surprised me because, I'll be honest with you, until uh, I was given this topic, I, uh, I didn't realize uh, uh, that that was such an important feast for them. But it was Pope Francis who just this year established the feast for the Universal Church on uh, December 10th of each year. And when we were talking about this uh, Eucharistic program today, I said, well, we can't do anything less than honor the Blessed Mother in the very first presentation. Because hopefully during this time, you'll be able to ask her intercession on your behalf before Jesus, her son, that we would be, that we would all, you especially, would be blessed uh, by celebrating this day in which you begin with the Blessed Mother and the rest of the day spend it reflecting on the Holy Eucharist. Now, while there's a mixture of facts and legend on this feast, I'd like to set the story straight. Um, especially Pope John XXIII uh, and John Paul II had a particular devotion to Our Lady of Loretto. Pope Benedict, um, who is one of my favorite saints because he's a theologian, which is much easier to read than John Paul II, uh, he has written prolifically about uh, this feast of Our Lady of Loretto. On one occasion, he even brought the youth of Italy to the shrine so that he could introduce them to the Blessed Mother in a special way. And um, Pope John XXIII uh, dedicated uh, the Vatican Council uh, and placed it under her protection. And uh, I would like to share with you the prayer that Pope Benedict uh, said when he was at Our Lady's Shrine with the youth of Italy. Let us pray. Mary, mother of the yes, you listened to Jesus and know the tone of his voice and the beating of his heart. If you ever have to wonder about the Blessed Mother, think of this next time you pray the rosary, that she knew his voice and the beating of his heart. Morning Star, speak to us of him and tell us about your journey of following him on the path of faith. Uh, almost two years ago now, I did a national retreat for priests reflecting on Eucharistic adoration. And 
uh, one of the things I learned that one of the wonderful things we can do uh, when we're present for the Eucharist is ask the Blessed Mother to intercede for us to Jesus, her son, so that whatever blessing God wants us to have is the blessing that we receive on that particular day. Tell us about your journey of following him on the path of faith. Mary, who dwelt with Jesus in Nazareth, impress on our lives your sentiments, your docility, your attentive silence, and make the world flourish in genuinely free choices. What a beautiful prayer for the world in which we live in today. Mary, speak to us of Jesus so that the freshness of our faith shines in our eyes and warms the heart of those we meet, as you did when visiting Elizabeth, who in her old age rejoiced with you for the gift of life. Mary, Our Lady of Loretto, Gate of Heaven, help us to lift up our eyes on high. We want to see Jesus, to speak to him, to proclaim his love, proclaiming his love to all. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Now the prayer of Benedict will be helpful in our understanding and acceptance of its history. The story of the Shrine of Loretto goes back over 2,000 years and almost as many miles. Inside the Basilica of the Shrine in Loretto, Loretto, Italy, stands a smaller structure that is said to be the house, actually many of the actual stones believed to be from the house where Mary lived, where the Blessed Mother was born, where Gabriel appeared to her, and where the Holy Family dwelt. Thus, tradition holds that this humble dwelling originally stood in the northern Israel town of Nazareth. And uh, I've been privileged to be at that spot on five or six different uh, occasions. Now, the legendary story goes that the house was transported to the northern Italian town by angels in the 13th century. But it's more likely by a, mess, a more or less miraculous route. Um, she was probably, these stones from Mary's house were transmitted by boat to the work of a person whose family name happened to be Anjali. So, as things develop, people not knowing the actual facts, it was said that the house came through the intercession of the angels. Well, it did. It just happens to be the family members called Anjali. Either way, this small house, while measuring only 350 square feet, looms large in the personal message of popes concerning the link between the Holy Family and the institution of the family today. As Pope Francis said, the house of Mary is also the home of the family in the del delicate situation of today's world. Now you know that family life is under attack. What better intercession could we have than ask the Blessed Mother of Loretto to protect our families, our children, mom and dad, and our extended families as well. The family founded on marriage between a man and a woman takes on an essential importance and mission. 
It is necessary to rediscover the plan traced out by God for the family, to reaffirm its greatness and irreplaceability, always at the service of life and of society. Pope Francis continued, just as God has a design and a plan for the family, so also he has a design and a plan for each and every individual family. When I give retreats, uh, mostly to priests, in the first conference they'll say, now, when the conference is over, I want you to spend a few minutes in prayer and to ask God for whatever gifts you wanna receive. So right now, I want you to do that. In the silence of your own heart, ask God for the gift that you want to receive on this day in which we come together. Let's just take a moment to do that. Now I want you to take a second step. You've already asked God for what you want. Now I want you to ask God for the gift that he wants to give you this day. And I, I know from the retreats I've given that a lot of people don't take the time to do that. You came here for whatever reason, motivated by grace. But in part of God's plan, he also wanted to give you a gift today. It's Advent. How does he want to touch your heart and your life? You see, the words of Pope Francis, uh, especially as we look at them during Advent, remind us of the grace that each family can bring to the world. And the grace that you, whether you're one or two or 12, whatever grace God wants you to give to the world is exactly what's needed in every person who crosses the path of your life today. You're not angels and you're not perfect because looking out, I don't see any halos. But of course, you're looking up here and you're saying, and we don't see one in your head either, buddy. <laughs> but God does want us to be instruments of his grace and of his blessing. When we look to the example of the woman, our blessed mother, in that very house in Loreto, what did she do? She answered God's invitation. Those of you in the vocation of marriage have answered God's vocation question. Uh, those of you who are single, God has asked you to live your life in such a way that you're a blessing. I'll give an example. When I was seven or eight, I knew that there was something special about my great aunt. Now, as Seven or eight, I probably just thought she was kind, or maybe she gave me candy on the side when my mother wasn't looking, I don't remember. But it wasn't until I was probably 10 or 12 that I heard the story. You see, my grandfather died in 1929 while my grandmother was carrying my mother in the womb. They lost the house because in those days, there wasn't the protections that people have today. After her husband died, she was penniless. And so my Aunt Molly, who was engaged to get married, 
called off the engagement and she moved in with my grandmother, her two boys under five, and my mother. And what they had done is they rented an apartment in a fourplex, but they couldn't afford to pay that rent unless they also rented out one of the bedrooms, which they did. They had a boarder. And my grandmother and my great aunt, my two uncles, who by that time were probably just about five, and my mother, who was a baby, and you know where her crib was? In the bottom drawer of the dresser in the bedroom. Molly didn't feel sorry for herself. She knew that this was a calling from Almighty God, and I believe that she was on the path to holiness. And that's exactly why you're here today, too. God has an invitation for you to bring the, the Christ, the Prince of Peace, into our often fallen and quite frankly today, violent world. We're to be 11 and to make a difference. So as we celebrate this small feast of Our Lady of Loretto, Pope Benedict gives us a number of reflections that we can bring to prayer. The first is, Precisely here on the feast day that we have the opportunity to attend the School of Mary, who was called blessed because she believed. We're in school. I don't care whether you're 90 or 30 or 18, you're in school today, the School of Mary. And what is it that she wants you to do in the practice of your faith that you may grow closer to her, the one who is blessed? Why was she blessed? Because she believed. How's your faith? Now, I'm not sure how many people in, uh, in the church uh, are married, but fellas, if you're married, and especially if your spouse is sitting here with you, uh, when you leave the church, ask him if he's prayed for you yet today. And fellas, I have a suggestion for you. If you haven't prayed for your spouse yet today, do it. So that when she asks, you can say, of course, dear. <laughs> of course, dear. And why is that important? Because your gifts of spouse are meant to be shared and given. And in doing that, it's just one small example of how you can bless her. The one who God called you to live in vocation with. Now, the Loretto Shrine is built around the Blessed Mother's earthly home. Remember, they took those stones from that the Angeli had shipped here by boat, and then they used those stones one on top of another, and then they built a shrine over it. So that, uh, why? So that we, they could pre preserve the moment when the angel of the Lord came to Mary. Now, a little scriptural quiz. What did the angel say? And what was Mary's reaction? Well, she said she was in shock. They didn't use that term, of course, but she wondered why this was happening. Because she didn't consider him herself anything special. Uh, she was uh, a woman of the Jewish faith who lived a good life. The other thing which is important to remember is that when the angel came, while she was in wonder, she was not afraid. 
You know why? Because from the moment of her conception, she was born without sin. How else could she be the vessel that would bring Jesus into the world? And that's what the Shrine of Loretto is there to remind us of. So she wasn't shocked the moment that the angel came. But in fact, she was the first one to receive the great uh, announcement of the incarnation. And she gave her humble reply, very important point. And what was the reply? Be it done unto me according to thy word. That's what Mary did. The next time, especially those of you who have young children, and some of you might be like my father who once in a while would give me a look when I was growing up, son, I brought you in, I think I'm gonna take you out. And so when I was graduating from eighth, eighth grade, I picked out the high school that I wanted to go to. And as a very uh, self-willed child, I announced to my parents where I was going to high school. And my father said, oh no, no, you're not going there. And I learned a very important lesson. Never ask a question for which you do not want to know the answer. And what did I do? I said, well, why? And so my father looked at me and he said, because your mother and I consider you obnoxious. And we're hoping that if you go to a military high school, they can do something with you. <laughs> so if you don't like me now, imagine how I was then. But you see, I had four sisters and I was the only boy. What else is important about this, these stones that faith has led us to believe were the original home of the Blessed Mother? It is a physical, uh, tangible witness to the greatest event in our history, the incarnation. The word became flesh, and Mary, the handmaid of the Lord, is the privileged channel through which God came to dwell among us. And you can find that in John 1, verse 14. To the angel who reveals God's plan to her, Mary replies, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Total self-control. Total giving. Totally wanting whatever it was that God wants. And a wonderful place to reflect on that during the season of Advent is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter, chapter 1, verse 38. But what is this? Well, here we see the will of Mary coincides with the will of the Son in the Father's unique project of love and in her. Heaven and earth are united. God became man and Mary becomes a living house for the Lord, a temple where the Most High dwells. And what I can see it's a spiritual experience to go to that shrine and to know this was the house where Mary grew up. It's much more important that we reflect than our own way, being born without original sin. Uh, she was a living house, a house where Jesus would be present and where he would grow so that he could fulfill the Father's will. Now, when Pope Benedict went to Loretto in 2012, 
with a group of teenagers, all from Italy. He said this, as we contemplate Mary, we must ask if we too wish to be open to the Lord. Ask that question during the season of Advent. How open am I to the presence of the Lord? For to the degree to which we are open, when we receive our Lord in the Holy Sacrament of the Eucharist, He can pour more grace into our lives. If we wish, and this is the second question, if we wish to offer our life as His dwelling place, one of the things I love to do, uh, now that I'm retired, I go, I go out to various parishes on weekends, and um, I'll introduce myself. Uh, I'll say, you know, I used to come here and do confirmations, and I, sometimes it's, I'm even in a church I blessed or consecrated, or the pastor, somebody I ordained. And I always like to say all of that after I introduce myself and say, and now he's my boss. But when I'm there, I'll ask the people, how many of you have the love of Jesus in your heart? And I don't ask them to show their hands, although some do. And I'll say, now, if you don't have the love of Jesus in your heart, this is your lucky day. Ask the Lord to pour his love and life into your heart. What a wonderful, prayerful question to ask God during the season of Advent and also to prepare us for the Holy Eucharist. But are you afraid to have God present in your life in some way? I want you to do that. I do that every day. Lord, I love you. Help me to love you more. Why wouldn't I? No, it's true. I spent a lot of years in priesthood since I've been a priest for 54 years. <coughs> Excuse me. But I didn't always do that. But since I've done that, uh, I find greater peace and I find the Lord in my life and I can listen to his gentle promptings. Let me give you one example. Now, you already know I was in different dioceses. And you know, I'd fall in love with whatever diocese I was in, but when I was asked to move one time, I was feeling very sorry for myself. So in prayer, I, I was complaining. Yes, I know, I'm kind of a complainer sometimes. And this is what the Lord said. Since you were generous and left, I can tell you that every good thing that you accomplished there, it was my grace that did it for you. Wow. Now, if I had not moved from that diocese, I would have been bishop there for 27 years. They would have hated me. I got out why they still like me. And then moved to another diocese. So when we ask the Lord to fill us with his love and his life, driving to work, you can say that prayer. Don't even have to take the hands off the steering wheel or your eyes off the highway. And it's not like texting on your cell phone like I find so many people doing. Ever gone to a corner and the light changes and the Drivers looking down like this. You know what they're doing. They're on their cell phone. I love a good little honk when that happens. Not that I'm upset, you see, but because I just want to remind them that they're in my way. 
but it's just Jesus' love. A little honk. Me and I don't honk and honk and honk. Just a little. And you know, they always look in the rearview mirror to see it was. I should have a sign, Archbishop Carlson, that flashes whenever that happens. But when we allow the Lord to love us, and we place no boundaries on it, then we live our faith and freedom. Because we are willing to offer our lives as a dwelling place for the Lord. Now, if we wish to set aside a part of our life in such a way that belongs only to us, that's another direction. And they call that selfishness, arrogance, because the Lord did not create us so that we can only offer our life uh, to ourselves. You see, we're, we're in an in-between time. We know that someday, life as we know it on this earth will come to an end. But in the meantime, we have all this time to live our life faithfully so that when we do pass into eternal life, we will be received into heaven. And what, what happens if we're living our life just for ourselves? We move from thirst for the Lord to power. And what becomes really important in our life are possessions. Now, I don't know if anybody here ever bought a boat, but you know the happiest day of a boat owner's life? On the day he buys it, and the second happiest day is on the day he sells it. Because possessions just don't do it for us. And the other problem is it also can change us in such a way that domination and importance are what our life is all about. I love to, you know when someone, I drive I-70 a lot, and you know when someone comes around you and passes and weaves in and out and then passes the next car and, almost cuts you off going through a space which is uh, too small. You know what I always say? Hmm. He must be very, very important. And the truth is, he's someone filled with the need to dominate. You see, it's a sin. It's a sin. But if we open our lives to another dimension, will be completely fulfilled. See, rather than get angry when that person cuts me off, I pray for him. He or she need prayers. And I also see the humor in it, that the little boy or little girl inside has to manifest itself, because that's where selfish and domination are. But if we turn ourself to the Blessed Mother, who will lead us to Jesus, we begin to understand when she said, my whole being proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Well, we can't say that today. But as Mary opens us and as we pray more and more for Jesus' love in our hearts and our lives, we can begin to say it. And hopefully someday live it in eternal life. What happens is the faith which we profess is where we live and where we dwell. And as a matter of fact, 
we live the path of life rather than the path of destruction. The Holy Father went on, the Holy House of Loretto contains an important teaching in this respect. It's not a private house, nor does it belong to a single person or a family, even the Angelis that had a shift there. Rather, it is a house for everyone. In celebrating this feast day today, ask the Lord to bless you. Ask the Blessed Mother to intercede before the throne of God for you so that in the midst of this feast, it can be for me. You don't have to travel to Italy, although if you like pasta, it might be a good thing to do. Uh, don't have to travel there, but in this feast of Our Lady of Loretto, we can receive the Lord's intercession and it becomes our house as well. Why? Because we're pilgrims and we must always be on the way to another dwelling, our final home that as Pope Benedict says is called the eternal city. Why is that important? Because it is the house of God. So God asks us, each of us, like the Blessed Mother, for our eyes, like her eyes, see the presence of the angel Gabriel or our guardian angel calling each of us to the same life of being Christ bearers by the way we live our life. Being for somebody like my Aunt Molly was for me, who you know has achieved holiness and is fulfilled. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, and I like to close with this quote, he says this, The Lord, the Blessed Mother, recreates, as it were, the scene where God and humanity wait for Mary to say yes. Just as the church waits during the season of Advent for us to say yes. And the angel, like for Mary, who said yes, be it done to me according to thy word, he waits for our yes as well. So if we feel pressured, tell the uh, garden angel, just get off my back. I'm not quite ready to tell you. I still have a few weeks of Advent. But the angel will stand there and wait your response. He stands there and waits for my response. So as we now turn to one, the one who sent the angel in this Advent time, may we remember that the Lord, the Blessed Mother, earnestly wait as the angel did at the time of the incarnation for our yes. And our yes in our own faith life is just as important as Mary's yes was in her fulfilling her role that God had prepared her for. Because in Advent, we're supposed to discover what our role is and how God has prepared us. May your yes in this Advent season be a powerful one. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Now we have a few minutes if anyone would like to ask a question. And if you don't, go ahead and get a cup of coffee so that you're wide awake for the next presentation. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry? Maybe we have one more story. One more story. 
Okay. Hmm. We had a priest in uh, one of the dioceses where I was who never prepared his homilies. Now I know you've never been, heard a homily that hasn't been prepared. But he used to go up to the pulpit when it was time for the homily and he'd go, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, infuse your life into me that I may preach it to the people. Well, one Sunday he was up there and three or four times he asked the intercession of the Holy Spirit. Finally, he looks at the people and says, God has nothing to say to you today. <laughs> Thank you very much. God bless.